Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Call 574-855-8588. I'm Darren Pritchett on the road this morning with the South Bend Cubs in Comstock Park, Michigan. Tim Firestone back in our WSBT studios, the owner of Blackthorn and Signal Point in Niles, Michigan. John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, not with us this morning. Preparations continue for the U.S. Senior Open at Warren, which will get underway now in just 12 days, believe it or not. We've been talking about it for a long time, and now just a couple of weeks away from the national championship coming to the South Bend area. Tim, good to be with you this morning. How are you? I'm good, Darren. How are you this morning? I'm a little tired, but I'm good. I'm here. I'm ready to go. And I shouldn't complain about being tired because you just completed a week of having a professional golf tournament at your facility. We're going to talk about that coming up in our next segment, the Four Winds Invitational, the Symmetra Tour back at Blackthorn for another season. So we'll get your thoughts on what you witnessed. And I was going through all the scores the other day and there weren't too many low scores. The old golf course held up pretty good. I think we can say that with a little tease before we get to our conversation. Yeah, it was. Uh, conditions were a little bit tough on Sunday, and I think that uh, um, the golf course played firm and fast, and the rough was thick with all this rain and uh, really made a difference this year on the scoring. All right, we'll talk more about that coming up in just a couple of moments. Corona Premier Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. And we've got the U.S. Open Championship. We're halfway home at Pebble Beach Golf Links in Pebble Beach, California. And a very interesting day yesterday. I did not get to see the second half of the coverage yesterday due to Sportsbeat and the South Bend Cubs game. So I was a little surprised when I looked up and saw Gary Woodland leading. I felt like Justin Rose's score was probably going to hold up throughout the day. He was at 7 under par through 36 holes, a total of 135 after shooting 65 in the first round. That's 6 under, and a 1 under par 70 in round 2. But Woodland caught fire, and he matched the lowest ever score at Pebble in a major. He shot a 6 under par 65, matching Rose's score in the first round. And that goes along with a 68 in the first round. So all of a sudden, the American Woodland leads the way at 9 under par, 133, and has a two-shot lead over Justin Rose, three ahead of Louis Oosthuizen, and two players at minus five, Aaron Wise and Rory McIlroy. So I can't add a whole lot to our conversation about Woodland because, again, I was on the air and did not see his portion of the day. And I'm not sure, Tim, how much you saw of Woodland yesterday, but this is a guy that hits the ball an extremely long way. He's been a guy that's kind of hung around leaderboards but has not been a guy that's won a whole lot. But here he is leading after 36 holes. And I guess I don't think of you needing to hit the ball a country mile to be successful at Pebble Beach. So I'm a little surprised a guy like that is leading the way. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. This is not the type of golf course you'd think that he would be – leading the u.s open that he's a long ball hitter and um but he had the putter going yesterday he made so many putts and uh about a 50 footer on his last hole Mm. um so he had a great you know couple rounds we'll see if he can hold up but uh yeah not not uh the person you probably would have picked to be leading after uh, the second round that's for sure 
Well, Justin Rose is a good candidate. He's won the United States Open in the past. Very competitive in major championships the last seven, eight years and had a great first round, had an okay round yesterday, probably left some shots out on the golf course, but he sits only two shots out of the lead. Then good old Louis Oosthuizen, who always just seems to be hanging around these majors. He shot 70 yesterday. But I want to get to McElroy because he looked like the old Roy McElroy at the Canadian Open last week. I mean, he blitzed the field on Sunday with a red-hot round, had a chance to shoot 59, ended up shooting 61. And McElroy just has not been the Roy McElroy we saw who dominated a few years ago, who was starting to pile up majors. He has been very inconsistent in his ball striking. When the ball striking's there, it seems like the putter vanishes. So I'm a little hesitant to go all in on McElroy, although this is now six straight rounds over the last two weekends that it looks like Roy is getting close to finding that elite status in his game. And, hey, four out of the lead with a guy who's never won a major before is not something that's huge to overcome with 36 holes to go. No, I think Rory is playing great golf. You know, I think the impressive thing about his round yesterday was he made bogey on 13 and then doubled 14 the par 5 and then bounced back with two straight birdies to kind of get his round back on track. So I think he mentally is probably in a good place right now. He's played so poorly in the majors the last um, I don't know, probably, what, two, three years? Um, mm-hmm. So for him to be in the hunt and contention, um, and he's, you know, like you said last week, that was just a clinic that he put on at the Canadian Open. So I don't, I mean, Rory's got to be right in there. Again, though, Pebble Beach, not your typical long ball hitter. I mean, these guys are hitting, what is it, uh, probably four different holes. They're hitting irons off of the tee where drivers mm-hmm. just completely out of play. So, again, you know, Rory's length and accuracy is not as big advantage, but he's putting so much better, and I think that's the big difference in his game. And then you move down to minus four, where there's a little intrigue right now. First off, Matt Kuchar has never won a major, and he made a long chip-in on 18 on the par five. He made eagle to get his total to 69 in the second round. He's four under par for the tournament. He is tied for six, five shots out of the lead. So Kuchar's a guy that it's kind of surprising at this point. He has not won a major, has had a couple of really, really good chances. And to me, this is just the perfect type of golf course for him to maybe steal that first major. And by what I've witnessed over the first 36 holes, this might be a guy that could sneak up there and possibly steal this thing. Well, I think you're exactly right. He's not the longest hitter, and he's accurate, and he's always played well at Pebble Beach. So if... He's going to uh, win one. This might be the spot. I think he's got to be on the list, don't you, as one of the best players to never win a major with Ricky Fowler? Yes. Yeah. Yep, so. No doubt. In fact, you know, Fowler had a great first round at minus five and, you know, stumbled in the second round. He shot 77, six over par. So he goes from second place down 43 spots to a tie for 45th. He is at plus one. 143 so very frustrating day for Mac or I'm sorry for Fowler as he tries to win that first major and I almost kind of feel like we buried the lead just a little bit because there's a guy by the name of Brooks Kepka that's pretty good last time I checked back-to-back U.S. Open championships coming off the PGA championship repeat and here he is once again he's at minus four five shots out of the lead shot 
69 on Thursday, 69 yesterday. Now, he could have shot 66 very easily. I thought yesterday, Tim, his ball striking was terrific. He was hitting fairways and greens, and just the putts were not falling. And I heard an interview with him after the round, and he said, you know, the putts didn't fall, but I'm not disappointed because I was hitting the ball the way I wanted. I was hitting my spots. The putt just wasn't going in. If I was hitting bad putts, I'd be upset because how can I be upset if I'm doing everything I wanted to do? So he left some stuff out there. He's five out of the lead and just as calm and cool as always in that interview. Nothing really seems to bother him. And he is in position to, to really do something that I think is absolutely unthinkable, and that's win three of these in a row. Yeah, that would be incredible. And you're right. I mean, he can easily go out today and shoot five or six under par and be right there in the hunt. He's got that kind of firepower, and he is. He's hitting it really good. Um, and he just he didn't make anything yesterday. Um, but, that, no, I think uh, it's incredible the run that this guy is on and how he plays in majors. It's absolutely phenomenal. And definitely can't count him out i think like i said um i have not seen the weather forecast for today out there um but if it continues to be uh soft and 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 moist these scores are going to just be i think extremely low you look back to two years ago kepka was leading after two rounds at the u.s open went on to win last year he was in a tie for fourth place went on to win the championship so in really good position again tied for sixth place Five shots out of the lead. And from what I understand, Tim, the weather should be pretty good the next couple of days. So I don't think, unless the wind picks up, rain is going to be a factor at Pebble Beach. And that's important with the USGA setup. If the wind picks up unexpectedly and they set it up in a different fashion, all of a sudden it's going to be a totally different golf course. But I'm going to stop and say this. I've been frustrated, and you know I've talked Mm -hmm. about this the last five, six years with the way the U.S. Open has become almost an open championship. And we don't need a second open championship. We need a USGA national championship like the good old days. And I've just felt like, Tim, they have gone away from the traditional golf courses, which I think has burned them. They have tried to trick up these non-traditional golf courses. The greens have been lost. They have had some tricky hole locations, which has blown up in their face. Mike Davis was replaced as the man responsible for being in charge of setting up the U.S. Open courses. John Bodenhamer is the new guy in charge. Now, this is a guy that's played more than 100 rounds at Pebble Beach since the 1970s. He says he has never seen this course in better shape. And I agree with him. And this golf course is set up perfect for a U.S. Open championship. It is not tricked up. They have not really used any ridiculous pin placements. They have not lost the greens. I mean, these are the type of greens. They're going to be bumpy. The players know that. They play the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am every year. I mean, it's not going to be perfect greens at Pebble Beach. And you know that coming in. The ball's going to bounce around a little bit. Is it Poana? Is that what it is out there, I think, at Pebble Beach? correct. So, do you know that coming in, that's fine. And... I really think this is the first time in a long time we're back to having U.S. Open. And it's fun to watch, and I just hope. Here's going to be the test, Tim, and this is something i got to see to believe, but I'm very confident we're going to be okay today. You've got the leader at minus nine. And for years, the U.S. Open committee would freak out 
and be concerned about the score getting into double figures and too many birdies and not protecting par. Hey, I'm fine with protecting par. That's what the U.S. Open should be all about, but it's got to be a fair test. And I think this is the first time in a long time we can say this is a fair test. Now, again, I think they're going to withhold from doing something crazy today, and they're going to let these guys play. I mean, we've got a wonderful leaderboard. We have enjoyable golf. You know, there are times where you got to hack it out of the rough, and that's great. That's part of what the U.S. Open is. But when the ball gets to the green, that's where the U.S. Open has been lost by the USG, I think, many times the last few years. I think it is hard to screw up Pebble Beach, <laughs> although they did in 2010. They lost a couple of holes, and they had some horrible pin placements, and they got ripped by the players. But I think this is a time where I have to give credit to the USGA. This feels like the U.S. Open I grew up with. And it's been a long time since I felt like I've said that. Yeah, I don't think you've ever said it on this show. That's for sure. No. Uh, but I also, the players have been very complimentary. And I think as far as the scoring goes at Pebble Beach, I mean, Pebble Beach is Pebble Beach. I mean, there's not a more picturesque, iconic golf course, you know, maybe other than Augusta that's in the country. And I think they know that it the golf course is not going to be one where you're going to keep these players around par and i think that the usga knows that going into it and i think that um you know it's pebble beach and you're not it's enjoy it for what it is let them score what they score they can't control the weather if it was breezy and dry the course be playing way different but it's been wet moist the greens are holding they're spinning wedge shots back um it's unbelievable how receptive the greens have been but to your point i think the setup has been extremely fair um and I think the players have responded to that. I think, like we talked about on this show, I forget if it was last week or the week before, how some of the players were talking about boycotting the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a big step for the USGA to reconcile uh, some of those relationships with these players who've become frustrated over the past years. Yeah, at Memorial two weeks ago, there were some guys that, that spoke out, and also in the weeks leading up to the U.S. Open, and Phil Mickelson, a six-time runner-up, said the USGA has screwed up its national championship 100% of the time and that only rain can save the tournament because the ruling body's decision-makers don't know how to control themselves. (laughs) Well, Phil's been frustrated. He's never won this championship. And last year, he just kind of lost his mind. Remember, he hit that moving ball Mm -hmm. on the green and really could have been and arguably should have been disqualified by the U.S. Open Committee. They kept him in it, probably a non-big name. They might have been packed up and heading out, (laughs) but they kept him in the tournament, right or wrong, I don't know. But Adam Scott even pointed out that the greens can firm up in an instant here, and the greens on Friday were much faster than the greens on Thursday. Thursday, 39 players broke par. That's the most ever in an opening U.S. Open round not played at Aaron Hills. Henrik Stenson said he didn't think the USGA, quote, particularly liked the low scoring we had, end quote. Some 44 players still managed to break par Friday and predicted that tougher conditions are to come over the weekend. Well, yeah, the conditions are going to get tougher. It is the weekend at the U.S. Open, but it's just restraining yourself if you're the USGA from doing something that just tricks up the golf course. This is a beautiful course, as you established. This is not a driver golf course. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Hitting irons off the tee is not a bad thing in a national championship. I've always felt like, Tim, when you have a great golf course, it forces the player to use every club in their bag. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just driver off the tee on par fours and par fives. So to me, this is the prototypical U.S. Open. I'm glad they come back here, what, about every 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And they've nailed it. And it's fun. This has been a fun two days of watching golf. Yeah, there are times the guys get frustrated where a ball takes a bad bounce, ends up in the heavy rough, and they have to chunk it out. Sometimes around the green it can be difficult. But you should be penalized for bad shots. That's what our championship is all about. Just don't penalize good shots. That's where I've had the problem through the years. And again, I just feel like we've gotten away from traditional U.S. Open golf courses, and that's where you have to sometimes be a little tricky in setting up the golf course. These type of courses, I just think it's awfully hard to screw up, and these are the type of courses we need for the U.S. Open. Again, we don't need another Open Championship, and don't you agree we've kind of had a couple of those the last few years? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think that, uh, you know, got this year, um, Pebble Beach. Next year, you go back to one of the iconic golf courses with Wingfoot with a lot of history with the U.S. Open. So I think, you know, kind of on a good roll here with the golf courses. And hopefully, to your point, the setup, they keep fair and they don't lose their mind and they don't do crazy things. And I think that you've got two uh, great venues this year and next year, and hopefully they get back on track. Well, I think the players speaking out got their attention. No doubt. I mean, they were embarrassed by the things I think we had to watch the last few years. And then when the players complain as much as they have and, as you mentioned, threatened to boycott one of the great championships in the game of golf, I think that finally knocked home in their heads that we need to probably do something a little different. I think the Greens will be faster this weekend, and there's going to be some tougher challenges, but... I fully expect a fun weekend where the golf course, other than its beauty, will not be talked about. And that's a sign of a good championship. And I think we're going to have maybe 12, 13 under could win this. Maybe it'll only be 9 or 10. We'll see. But this has just been fun. And I've not got to watch as much as I've wanted to. But this has been a lot of fun. And I'm fully looking forward to seeing what the U.S. Senior Open looks like. At Warren. I mean, the seniors never set up like the regular U.S. Open. I mean, that's two different styles of players and golf courses. But Warren's a traditional golf course, and I think it's going to be set up in a manner where it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. You know, you got small greens at Warren in a lot of places, so the ability to get the ball onto the green and close is going to be so important, and hitting the ball straight. That's why we've talked about Steve Stricker, a guy that surprisingly never won a U.S. Open. His game sets up perfect. To me, Steve Stricker is the perfect guy to win the U.S. Senior Open. You don't have to hit it 310 yards. If you can keep the ball in the fairway, accurate iron shots, you can have a great week at Warren Golf Course. Now, the stint meter at Warren, I think, is going to be very interesting to follow with those small greens. I mean, you've got to be really careful that the greens don't get away from you, but I fully expect the USGA to have this golf course set up in a a manner where we're going to see some birdies, and we should have some fun watching these 50-plus-year-olds play golf at Warren Golf Course. If 9 or 10 under wins it, I'm totally cool with that. If it's 15 under, I'm cool with that. I just don't want to see a a total hack fest, which I don't think we'll even have anything close to seeing at Warren Golf Course. I think this setup is going to be just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, exciting to drive by. The golf course looks like it's in great shape, and seeing all the activity is pretty special, and uh, exciting time here in South Bend for golf. That's, that's for sure. 
All right, we'll talk about Tiger and Phil and a few more guys later on on this Corona Premier Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT. When we come back, we'll talk to Tim about the Symmetra Tour being at his golf course, Blackthorn, last weekend. They have crowned a new champion, so we'll get into some of the details of that golf tournament coming up next as the Corona Premier Golf Show continues. It is 826 on this Saturday morning at 96.1 WSBT, the sports. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show, live on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, traveling with the South Bend Cubs. We're in Comstock Park, Michigan. South Bend will play West Michigan once again tonight. 6.50 pregame, 7.05 first pitch on WSBT Radio. The Cubs won last night by a score of 5-3. Tim Firestone is back in our WSBT studios, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club, Signal Point in Niles, Michigan. Blackthorn Top Golf Swing Suite at Toscana Park in Granger. So a lot of different avenues for you to enjoy golf with Tim's facilities. And one of those, Blackthorn, was in the spotlight last week, Tim, with the Symmetra Tour returning for the Four Winds Invitational. And from France, Perrine de la Cour was the winner, and she did a great job down the stretch, Tim, in closing out this golf tournament as she was able to birdie the 15th, 16th, and 17th holes, which is the front nine as we play it at Blackthorn. And that helped her card a final round, five under par, 67, six birdies and only one bogey, and her final round to take home that $22,500 check. How would you sum up the way that she closed out the championship on the Symmetra Tour? Well, not only in the final round, but she shot 65 in round two. Mm -hmm. So she really uh, turned it on. She's an accomplished player. This is her first professional win. Uh, but she spent, has spent a lot of time on the LPGA Tour, uh, lost her card this year, and has been down on the um, Symmetra Tour, but has played well. She'll be back on the LPGA Tour next year for sure. She's a great player. She hits it a mile. So <laughs> she on um, our number six, tournament number 15, mm-hmm. she drove it uh, over the bunker, hits the downslope. She had about 40 yards in. Um, and hit it to like two feet, knocked it in. And then the next hole, our number seven, the par five, she hit it, um, drew it around the pine trees, and she hit eight iron in. Um, and those what? are from the regular everyday men's tees. These are not what? forward tees. Yeah, she <laughs> absolutely Jeez. smoked it, hit eight iron in, almost made eagle. And then on eight, knocks it to about three or four feet and, and, and taps it in. And she told me when we were giving away the um, a trophy and chatting with her before the ceremony started that last week in the last tournament she played and she birdied three of the last four holes as well. And she kind of went there mentally and pictured birdering th- three of the last four again this week. And that's what she did. So Jillian Hollis, uh, who has some ties to South Bend, played golf at Georgia, but her grandfather played golf at Notre Dame. Um, and she was one of our sponsor exemptions about four years ago uh, when she was at Georgia, um, and uh, just edged Jillian out um, with those last three birdies. So, terrific player. You know, Darren, we had a, another great week. We got very lucky with the weather, mm-hmm. um, but, again, record number from an attendance standpoint, volunteers. The media was fantastic uh, in covering all of our different events, not just the tournament, but everything going on during the week, um, and 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 a ton of new sponsors. So uh, every year we continue to see growth with this event, which is unusual when you have an event that goes on this long. Um, 
but uh, it's really been embraced by the community and only continues to get better and better. And the Symmetra Tour continues to get better and better. We have better players. The purses are higher. Um, it's it's really established itself as the premier road to the LPGA Tour. Well, Tim, i got to give you a compliment because if you think about the South Bend market, it is highly saturated with sporting events. Of course, you've got Notre Dame front and center. You have the South Bend Cubs. You have the U.S. Senior Open that's coming. You've got the Senior PGA that's been down the road for a few years now. There's a lot of different avenues for people to spend their money at these events, for businesses to take part in these particular events. So I think it is a big compliment to you and your golf course and the Symmetra Tour that, like you mentioned, Despite the fact you're now, what, eight years into the Four Winds Invitational, it continues to grow in a market where there are a ton of sporting events. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Darren. And, and obviously, with the two great partners, with the Pokagon Band and the Four Winds Casino and then Beacon Health, who we raise, you know, all the money that we raise for the tournament goes to the Children's Hospital. Uh, they have been super in uh, giving us access to their vendors and, 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 and really going after a new group of folks the last few years, which has really made a difference. You know, the first year we gave $55,000 to the Children's Hospital back mm-hmm. in 2012. And then last year we were up to $115,000. Um, so, you know, basically double uh, in seven years. And, and it's, you know, by far the largest donation to charity on the Symmetra Tour, which we're proud of as well. Hmm. I'm just looking at the numbers from the winners of the Four Winds Invitational through the years, and it's very interesting to see the scores. I hope I don't have the years confused, but the first year, 2012, didn't it rain pretty much just for most of the golf tournament? Yeah, it was like 50 degrees, and we had a north yeah. northerly wind, and it was rain, and it was miserable. Yeah, four under par won the first Four Winds Invitational, and since then, 2013, Sydney Clanton shot 8-under with a best score of 69 on her three-round card. Nicole Vandermade in 2014, she shot minus 12, including a 64 in the first round. Mm-hmm. Brooke Henderson, who is a star on the LPGA Tour, how old was she when she won in 2015? Was it 18? I think she was 17 or 18. 17. Wow. Maybe 16. I don't remember. She was young. She's leading this week, too, so shout out to is her she? up in Grand Rapids at the Meyer Classic. So, Not yeah, she's far by here. far been our number one superstar that we've had win our event, without a doubt. Second round, she shot 65 and won at minus 10. Jackie Stoetling, who I think you knew very well, mm-hmm. shot 7 under par, won in 2016. Kendall Dye in 17 shot 64 in the final round for minus 11. And then last year, Maya Schechter shot 11 under par to win the 2018 Four Winds Invitational. She shot a final round 66, and I think it's a great story. Not too many times in a 54-hole tournament can someone shoot 75 in the first round like De La Cour did and come back and win the tournament, but she shot 65-67. In fact, I'm looking at all the scores from all the winners. It is the first time someone at the Four Winds Invitational shot any round over par and won the tournament. The Mm. worst score ever Let's see, one, two, three, four, five times a player shot even par and still won the Four Winds Invitational. She shot 75 in the opening round. I mean, you have to worry about making the cut at that particular moment. And she comes back and shoots 65-67. That's pretty remarkable. 
Yeah, pretty strong player. And I'll tell you, she was such a gracious uh, winner and a great personality. Um, she played in one of our pro-ams and was just a hoot, had a great time with one of the groups from Four Winds. So uh, she was really, really a, a, a great lady. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. And she's probably going to be, as you mentioned, back on the LPGA Tour. And she'll be ready to rock and roll once again. Yeah, just down the road here from our hotel is where the LPGA Tour is playing. And I believe next weekend they're playing up by Midland, Michigan, where the Great Lakes Loons are. They've got an LPGA event up there as well. So it's good to see the LPGA in Michigan. And I believe the PGA Tour is back in the Detroit area this year for the first time in quite a few years. There used to be a tournament in Grand Blanc, and then it kind of went away. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to see some golf coming back to the state of Michigan. Do you have any idea at this point, and I think we've talked about this, or I think this is a repetitive question that I should know the answer to, but do you know what, what the funds are going to go to this year at Beacon? Because I know there's always some sort of equipment or equipment they're able to acquire due to the Four Winds Invitational? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. So this year, it's going to the this device uh, that is able to look into infants' eyes, and it helps with um, uh, if the baby has been shaken or has anything else going on. It's some kind of a retinal screening device um, that all the funds are going towards this year to purchase. So uh, wow. it's really cool to be able to know that you're not just giving to an organization, but what you're actually tangibly doing for these uh, children. So it's pretty cool. Congratulations. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. The game of golf is a great sport recreationally, but it does so much for charity every year. Symmetra Tour, LPGA Tour, PJ Tour, you, you name it. Golf, for whatever reason, has just been in the forefront in helping out our communities. And the Four Winds Invitational is just another prime example. So... Job well done. It's got to make you feel good knowing you're making a difference like that. It is. We're very fortunate and I'm very humbled. And um, also just, you know, for, for my staff and, and, and our team, uh, the comments from the players about how much they love the golf course and they love being in South Bend uh, is also uh, just really, really uh, humbling to, to hear their comments. Awesome. Congratulations. Job well done. And we look forward to the ninth Four Winds Invitational next year well we can't say that officially yet but it's going to happen right well yeah we got our planning meeting already next thursday so we're (laughs) back on the saddle that's awesome that is awesome all right so another four wins invitational is in the books symmetra tour so blackthorn of course is back open for your play i think you and john are just kind of reversing roles now aren't you yeah i think it's uh certainly you know his event is on a larger scale, and, and uh, um, he's got uh, a, quite a bit of support, but I'm sure he's feeling some of those same emotions I did, especially in year one of not knowing exactly what to expect and sure. not being able to know everything that you, you haven't thought of. But uh, I'm sure it'll be a great championship there, and um, well, hopefully he gets some sleep. <laughs> well, your golf course is back open, and I believe Warren, is it close tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken? That's correct. So if you're going to play at Warren, Blackthorn is available, and it will be there with some almost Symmetra-like tour conditions still out there yeah, at Blackthorn. Yep. Mm-hmm. No question. No question. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk a little more U.S. Open and who knows what else. Corona Premier Golf Show from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. 
This is the Corona Premier Golf Show from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader, 14 minutes in front of 9 o'clock. Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club, Signal Point in Niles, Michigan, Blackthorn Top Golf Swing Suite in Toscana Park in Granger. I'm Darren Pritchett, traveling with the South Bend Cubs in Comstock Park, Michigan. You know, we've got Father's Day tomorrow, so happy Father's Day to you, Tim, and all the fathers out there. And so, Tim, with Blackthorn Top Golf Swing Suite, that's not a bad idea to take maybe Dad out for a little opportunity to go to the Top Golf Swing Suite. And I'm sure there are many things that maybe some kids or some wives could possibly do at Blackthorn Top Golf Swing Suite to give Dad a pretty good Father's Day present. Yeah, we've got some specials going um, as well. So, fifty uh, percent um, uh, off the uh, swing rental. Um, if you have a Blackthorn card, so we've got some really cool specials. It looks like this could be a little bit rainy this weekend, so uh, be a great way to spend the day with with the family. Whether it's uh, playing the top golf games, or playing football, or baseball, or or hockey, or zombie dodgeball, a lot of different uh, options for the family, and great food and and beverages. So love to see you come on out. And it's not just for golf. That's right. It's it's really truly a family affair. Uh, I had my daughters in there with some friends last night, and they were playing zombie dodgeball and f- even football, and it's just cool to see. Um, uh, you know, they're going to play video games, Darren. Let's at least mm-hmm. make them active, you know? Yes. So <laughs> this is a great way to – they can still have the interactive games, but they have to actually get off their rear ends and, and move around a little bit. If you could ever get Fortnite on there, you'll make millions. <laughs> <laughs> On second thought, I hope you don't get Fortnite, although I'd like you to see you to make millions. That's for sure. That's a game the, the kids sit and sit and sit mm. in front of the TV all day long. All right. Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open he is right now in a tough spot. He is going to start the third round today at even par. It's kind of interesting when you think of the U.S. Open. What Tiger did yesterday is normally really good. He made 15 pars, including 14 in a row. But he ended up shooting a one over par 72. And at this U.S. Open, you're going to have to mix in a few birdies every now and then to keep up with the leaders, which is right now Gary Woodland at minus nine. Tiger just couldn't make any putts and had a couple of stray shots late in his round and ended up at one over par. So the Masters champion, who did not make the cut at the PGA, makes the cut at the U.S. Open, Tim, for the first time since 2013, which is kind of stunning. Now, three times he did not play due to injury, so that number is a little skewed. But at the same time, it's been a while since Tiger played in the final two rounds of a U.S. Open. You know, he was okay the last couple of days, but I just don't think it was anything overly spectacular. In fact, I wondered if he was... Gosh, I hate to say this because he has to take care of that back. He can't overdo it. He looked just a little rusty to me. Well, I think, number one, he leads the tour in greens and regulation, and his iron play has let him down more than anything this week, which is so unusual. He's such a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a I forget, uh, I think it was Justin Rose or someone calls him like the master of pin high and his ability to control his distance and his iron shots. But his iron shots have let him down even more, I think, than the putter has this week. And I also think that uh you know he's really gone into this um calm zen-like state even when he's making bogeys 
you don't see that same fire. And I'm almost wondering if that doesn't hurt him sometimes to gain momentum. It felt like yesterday in his round, he just couldn't get that spark Mm -hmm. to get something going. He was making a lot of pars, a lot of good saves on pars. He had some good looks at birdie. Um, But to go around that golf course, especially holes one through seven, and not make a birdie, uh, that's not playing real good golf. Um, And then obviously eight and nine are super difficult holes, and and they snuck up on him, and he he couldn't couldn't get the ball up and down and hit a couple poor drives there on nine and uh, hit it into the, the bunker and couldn't get it up and down so yeah i just he's not sharp this week that's for sure um i don't think he's playing terribly um i think you know if he if he pars the last two holes yesterday he's two under and i think it's mm-hmm. you know a lot different discussion that we're having today because uh, he could go out then to today and shoot four or five under get right back in it now he's gonna have to do something super special to have any chance in my opinion you know 65 66 type of stuff and you know he can do it he's done it there before but he's got to get that spark he just doesn't i don't feel mm-hmm. like he's building on the momentum and the energy from the crowd um like it was like phil yesterday we haven't talked about your favorite player but you know phil makes a you know a couple great birdies and you know the, the the crowd absolutely loves him there yeah um and i could you know phil got pumped up and uh just kind of aggressive yeah got aggressive and and kind of felt like he was going to make a charge and i don't see that from tiger anymore even when Mm -hmm. he won at the masters well just to validate what you were saying about iron play at pebble beach a lot of the holes the slope is back to front and if you're above the hole you're playing defense rather than try to make a birdie you're trying to avoid three putting here's what tiger had to say after yesterday's round quote overall i kept leaving myself above the hole Unlike yesterday, when I missed it, I missed in the correct spots below the hole. Today, I never had it that many looks from below the hole, and the one I did have, I made at number 11, end quote. It's where you put the ball on these greens at Pebble Beach. Now, Tiger still feels like he has a chance to win. He's still in the ball game. he says. I've got a long way to go, and we'll see what shapes up tomorrow. Like you said, he's going to have to shoot A 66, that would be 5-under. That just gets him to 4-under, so the pack is still going to have to move a little bit toward Tiger for him to have a chance. I just don't think it's very realistic. I think the golf course... There's there's just too many golfers in front of him, so it's not even the number that he's back. It's just that many guys. Somebody's going to play well, so that's going to be his challenge more than anything, but... You never know. The well, guy's done some incredible things in his career, and uh, you can't ever count him out. So, Well, I'll say this. If the conditions that I saw for the weekend hold up, I mean, there's, there's not going to be many big, big rounds shot because of the weather. It's going to be because of poor play. So if the wind's not going to pick up significantly, it's hard to imagine the score's going to come down to like five under par for the winner. Right. It's probably going to stay around... 10 under par. So I don't know if you caught this yesterday, but a lot of the crowd at Pebble Beach, I shouldn't say a lot, a handful with the microphones all around these greens, you can pick up some of the spectators' comments. And I heard several times players that, I'm sorry, spectators that were cheering on Jordan Spieth's caddy, (laughs) Michael Greller, because... In the first round, Spieth, with the TV microphones 
close by. He was chirping pretty hard at his caddy about a yardage that was not right. Now, it's up to the player to make the final decision, in my opinion. Sure, the caddies are paid well, and they've got to do as good a job as they can to give the right number. But they were, I think Spieth was overly hard on him. And some of the fans, you could hear them. One time I heard them say, Michael, you're doing a great job. <laughs> so Jordan never responded. He kept the head down and, and didn't say anything. Jordan's very emotional. And you know what? We all get emotional sometimes, and we say things we don't want to probably say again. So I'm sure he regrets what he said. But I thought it was kind of interesting. The, the golf fans... Their ears are open. They don't miss anything. It was like being at Beth Page Black almost with the way the fans were, were cheering on a caddy for what happened with Spieth the previous day. And again, Jordan's got to be careful. I, I love the emotion. I think we all love listening to him. But to go after the caddy like he did in the first round, probably not one of his better decisions. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I would not be surprised to see a caddy change there. Really? You know, oh, he has not been playing well. Um, there's obviously... You know, there was a. It wasn't the only shot. I mean, there was a shot he hit on uh, fifteen, um, and he and they, and they had the mic on him, and he goes, "Okay, Michael, there's no way this goes long, right?" He go, and he's like, "Yeah, you can't hit this past the hole," and sure enough, Jordan hits it over the green. So something's going on there, but I don't know. The, I just I I sense that he's not playing well. There, you know, mm-hmm. I could see a caddy change coming. Wouldn't surprise me. And hit a shot, and the ball cleared the bunker and hit a rake, of all things. So, yeah. very odd couple of days for Spieth, who still, is actually hanging around right. right now. He's hanging around, and I think, you know, what he's gone through and how he's been playing, you yep. know, wouldn't be bad. I love the comments from Sergio. I don't know if you caught those quotes after round one, but he shoots, uh, I think, three under in round one, and then even yesterday. But after Thursday's round, he said, I have absolutely no chance of winning this. Wow. He goes, I had, he, he said, I hit some good shots, and he goes, and then I also hit some shots that look like a 25 handicapper out here. I have no chance of winning this thing. <laughs> I take offense to that, Sergio. <laughs> we'll take a timeout, wrap up the golf show next on WSBT. Corona Premier Golf Show continues on WSBT Radio. Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you. Tim, tell us what's coming up at Blackthorn over the next few days. Well, we have um, open golf. The golf course is in great shape. Um, we do have uh, several events throughout uh, June, but uh, if we are uh, unavailable, we have Signal Point, which is in tremendous shape right now. And if, if you haven't had a chance to play out there, I really would encourage you to, to come on out and check out Signal Point. It really is a special golf course and a neat place to play. The phone number at Blackthorn and Signal Point, if you'd like. Well, 232-4653, and our staff can book you at both locations right oh. from Blackthorn. Perfect. And we'll remind everyone that 2019USSeniorOpen.com is the place to find out all the information on the upcoming U.S. Senior Open at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And they have a special deal right now as you can purchase one ticket and get one ticket free right now. So two gallery tickets for the price of one, $50. And you also, of course, can get youth in for free with one purchased ticket. And there is complimentary general parking for the U.S. Senior Open at Warren Golf Course. Who's going to win the U.S. Open? We've got 15 seconds. Brooks Kepka. I'm going to go with McElroy. I think he's going to Ooh, get it done. Good. Tim, good to talk to you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Darren. Top of the hour, WSB. 
Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local secure offsite backup storage solution. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com.